Welcome back to a very special series here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are having so much fun going over your favorite Christmas movies and finding the Jesus in these movies. And this, to me, is this incredible thing that you can do with your kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you could walk through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Moments with your children. They know the movies well, or maybe even stop and pause the movie. Let's talk about this. Now, that might drive them crazy. Maybe don't do that. But maybe once or twice. You can't be doing it like 65 times in one movie. Uh, By the way, if you are new, welcome. We This is a podcast. We talk about spiritual things where we just go over what's in our quiet times. What's in our quiet times. Or, hey, the principles we recognize in a Christmas movie. This is the second part of a four-part series. So last week, we did The Grinch. You can go check that Mm -hmm. out. And this this week, oh, my favorite Christmas movie. Every time I see something with Home Alone on it, yeah. I think of you. It, uh, two is actually my favorite, but one is just the classic that it is. Yes. What what makes two your favorite? Well, I really was uh, intrigued that uh, I, I think I like the traps better. And I, it made me intrigued <laughs> okay. with New York and Christmas in New York. Yeah. And there was just something about it. I don't know. It was just such a quick. It was. I mean, it was like a free vacation for him, right? <sighs> the nail gun. Oh. <laughs> was, wait, wait. Was it nails or staples? Uh, yeah. Was it was. It, staple it was guy? staples. It was staples. Thank goodness. Actually, Daniel Stern's character, who is Marv. Marv. Yeah. In Home Alone 2, that I can't. I yeah. have to look away. I, know. I and my kids just. Well, and 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 just that. for fun, we're gonna talk about the biblical <laughs> principles in here. But and uh, and one actually is that I'm glad that they did a second movie. I'll explain that. But in terms of just the injuries, oh my gosh! You yes. can go YouTube the doctors that that watch the clips and go dead. Oh yeah, never walking again, <laughs> brain dead. I mean, they just like there's they nobody would walk away from these but, injuries. But they do have the movies that made us. They did kind of some of the background on Home Alone. That's a Netflix show, right? Yes. Yeah. And one of the stuntmen. I forget it. which one. Yes, it's, when it's he, Harry. When he falls back on the ice on the front steps, he, that's a real human being. That really did is a real stunt. Yeah, and he yeah. is one of those types of people. I guess it feels like he's a rubber guy. Yeah. I don't know. He just bounces <laughs> because he kept doing it over and over and over again. That was a real person. There's no CGI effects in that. That, just, that hurt. They call it nowadays. They call it doing a home alone. Uh, it's, seriously, <laughs> that's the end of the industry. Oh, um, all right, so we'll get to. We're gonna go, we'll go mainly go over the first home alone. And where we can identify Jesus in it or mm-hmm. biblical principles, biblical teachings. And I want to get, Rochelle, to yours second because yours is so, yours is kind of like deeper and looking looking into, kind of through a window into what it could be. Yeah, Mine's pretty like like blunt. Surface level. Surface level. Um, gossip. We'll start there. <laughs> it's right at the beginning of the movie. And you know the old man that lives next door mm-hmm. that apparently is, well, here, Buzz will tell you. Check it out. Old man Marley. Who is he? You ever heard of the South Bend Shovel Slam? <laughs> no. That's him. That's him. And he goes on with this story about the rumors that neighborhood kids share. Nobody's ever heard of the South Bend Shovel Slayer. No, no. But And apparently he there wasn't enough evidence to convict. And you have here instantly, this is one of those pause moments that when Ezra, my, my son's a year and a half, but eventually I'll, I'll pause it and go, you see what Buzz mm-hmm. is doing? This is prevalent even at church, unfortunately. Mm. It's certainly prevalent at, at work and in, in neighborhoods. And, oh, that's the fill in the blank. Or they do this. And maybe it's one of those ostracized things. Everybody kind of stays away from this guy. Mm-hmm. But it can even be as prevalent as saying something to your face and then talking behind your yeah. back. Yeah. And that it is such a, because we'll, we'll find out later, 
this guy is incredibly gracious and loving. Mm-hmm. And here are these horrible rumors being spread about him. That is surface level gossip. In fact, I mean, just one verse that comes to mind. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Not only does it not benefit Kevin, because now he's afraid of his neighbor that's yeah. actually a really good guy and, and eventually a hero, um, but a lot of times in, in youth group, kids would reference or even pastors would reference that verse and say, see, you shouldn't cuss. This this verse is a whole lot more because gossip is so prevalent in our culture mm-hmm. and it should be for building others up. Whatever we're saying should be helping in some way. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, another example, if you wanted to pull something from Hollywood, the, the movie Mean Girls mm-hmm. with the book where everybody rants about one another, just put it in the book. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forget. The, they give it a name, like Mean Book. I don't think that's what they call it. But there's this book, and it devastates one of the teachers that is literally looked at suspiciously by the law in her yeah. town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she says, because that's uh, that's what I do. I'm going to push you. I'm going to make you do the best you can in this class. And Lindsay Lohan's character is like, oh, she's a pusher. Oh, do you think she deals drugs? Uh, okay, so now all okay. of a sudden yeah. this rumor gets started right? and right. her integrity is questioned. Tina Fey's character's integrity is questioned. And it's the same kind of thing. I, I think we watched that movie and I may have just completely skimmed over that mm-hmm. and never labeled it as for what it is, which is sin. It's gossip. Yeah. Oh, that's just kids talking. Right. right. Well, we know that kids just talk, but that's when we stop and we say, wait. Have you ever been in this set of circumstances to my children who are 15 and 12 years old? They're at an age where I can have these conversations with them. And somebody has brought a person that nobody really knows very well or somebody you do know very well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. up into conversation in a negative light and they are not present. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And I I admire because I think that we could sit here and pick apart movies and say um, and be the fun sucker that I've I've seen many people do before. <laughs> you know, if somebody was to walk in while I'm watching Home Alone, I crack up at that part that we just played. Oh yeah, uh, and somebody could walk in and go, "That's gossip, guys," and then and then I feel <laughs> terrible. But I think I I take a page. I know I do uh, out of my dad's um, example. Just growing up, he would laugh at people like that, and it really signified to me uh, of. Oh, that's not the way to do it. Mm. Oh, you mm-hmm. look so dumb. Yeah. I mean, Buzz just he play and it's the actor Devin. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he plays the the character so well. Yeah. But but Buzz the is the annoying idiot. older brother. He's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, is what he is. And 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 clearly with the choices that he makes, he in this case he's making a dumb decision. And I could sit here and laugh at how ridiculous that rumor is. It's not even close to true. <laughs> and so I find yeah. the humor at the same time. I find the example of I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can sound that way. Absolutely, I, I think it's a great example. You're not letting me go yet. Well, I know. Okay. I'm just well, commenting on yours. There's one more principle that I re- love this movie, but I'm I'm all geared up now for all well, kinds of fun. You said this part makes your blood boil. Is this the part where Kevin McAllister talks to his mother and calls her a dummy? Yeah. Yeah, that had just happened. Oh, that is a pause-worthy moment for any mom. Oh yeah. If you ever <laughs> call me that right so she's about to say you know good night in fact mm-hmm. she says uh, i think she's about to say it. just stay up there i don't want to see you again for the rest of the night 
And uh, this is obviously why he gets left. He's up in the attic. They forget about him. And then they go off to Florida where they go. Should we have said spoiler alert before these movies? No, no. Okay. This movie is from 1990. If you haven't seen it, then I am not. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. Darth Vader's Luke's dad. Okay. Uh, Well, then there it is. And by the way, I don't know. Um, So Charlton Heston. I'm just okay. Uh, So this is what he says to her. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. And he storms up the stairs and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we love it's. It is a weird uh, love hate relationship that we have with Kevin because um, it, it, we love him and he's such a cool kid. But oh, that, those moments right there are extremely frustrating, especially as is now I've become a parent. Um, it's it's a pretty simple. I mean, it's very simple. Yeah. Ephesians also says in Ephesians six, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Ephesians 6, 1, right before that, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Exodus uh, 20, 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. This is what mm-hmm. Ephesians is quoting. Mm-hmm. And so there, I mean, there, I'm, I'm looking at a million verses here on this principle, and certainly it's when we're kids, but even in the future, there is a respect level, even though they're not above us in terms of telling us what to do mm-hmm. there should mm-hmm. be a respect level it's there honoring your parents it, honoring them yes and it's interesting because after this moment happened and my son my oldest who i th- i don't remember at the time that he watched home alone for the first time because i was very aware that some some language in yeah. the relationships takes place that right. i don't know i don't know that i want him to be watching this yet and, you know, obviously the burglars, when when Harry and Marv come into the picture, it's hilarious, but right. it could also be like frightening. <laughs> it might be frightening. Yeah. So I waited till a certain age. I couldn't tell you when for Sammy, but he was passionate for Kevin's debacle. Oh, yeah. He was frustrated because why? Well, number one, he's a sibling and he's been in the, the shoes of Kevin where nobody saw what little brother got away with. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about my oldest son. Uh, Kevin McAllister is younger than Buzz in the movie, but he was feeling empathy here for this guy. My son, Sammy, was like, Kevin didn't do anything wrong. Ah. He just wanted a slice of cheese pizza. Buzz ate all of his pizza knowing full well. Yeah, that's true. Kevin wanted it. Yeah. And so nobody's listening to him. The uncle stands there, calls him a little jerk. The parents aren't standing up for him. They're all just frustrated, all ganging up on him. That's true. None of that was Kevin's fault. You're right. And my son was aggravated. I said, okay. And and trying to now look at it from two different perspectives, not just one of the parent being frustrated with the little boy for talking bratty Mm -hmm. to his mother, who he's supposed to be honoring and respecting. But now I need to look at it. Hey, when have I ever, as a parent, probably let the frustrations or the stressors of the moment, because they're all preparing for this big airplane trip to yeah. another country um, at Christmas time, you know, the easiest time of the year to travel. <laughs> and parents can get stressed out, clearly, and they've got family members. And if you've, you've seen the uncle in this movie, oh, my word. I'd, I'd, we'd all want to disown him. I'd, or maybe, maybe we all have a family member that's like him. Uh, well, can I say, I bet Uncle Frank is Dave Ramsey's favorite character. <laughs> well, 
quick. I'm just so, saying. He's so frugal. frugal. He's frugal. He is. And uh, yeah, and deceptive and all that horrible <laughs> stuff. There's a whole nother thing. Oh. Thou shalt not steal right there on the airplane when he's taking the salt and pepper shakers the from first class. The next episode should be just about <laughs> Uncle Frank. Our whole podcast episode should be about Uncle Frank. Uh, what does reprobate look like? <laughs> Uncle Frank. But in talking with Sammy and and taking this moment and trying to say, okay, let's look at it from all perspectives. What can I as a mom sure. learn from this moment? Sure. And there's this part in 2 Timothy. It's just straight up truth from Paul to a younger person that is is taken on a lot in Ephesus. This church in Ephesus, Timothy is speaking out. And in some ways he is younger than a lot of the people around him. And Paul even says to him, hey, don't let others look down on you because you're young. Hmm. So Kevin is obviously the younger in the situation, but Paul's words of wisdom say, stay away from stupid and senseless arguments. These only lead to trouble and God's servants must not be troublemakers. They must be kind to everyone. They must be good teachers and very patient. Be humble when you correct people who oppose you because maybe God will lead them to turn to him and learn the truth because you've been humble in your response is what Paul's talking about. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I'm in that say, if I'm in that setting, Sammy, now you're in this position where you've been unjustly accused and all this stuff. There is a way to broach these things with people. Well, you've said it before, respond and not react. Yeah. Now, I, if you're hangry, you know, I'm trying to think of what Kevin should do because even, even that night in the craziness going to his parents and saying, Buzz took the last slice of pizza. Clearly, just by the way the characters are in the movie, they're not even going to respond well to that. Right. So I, I guess you just go to bed hungry. I mean, I don't know what the proper thing Kevin should have done. I think there is a way that he could have been like he could have calmed himself down. But I, we're talking about like a child that would be like well beyond his years in terms of self-control. Yeah, true. And what is he, 10? He's 10 in the movie, yeah. 10 in the movie. And so I clearly we're talking about a little kid here. But, but if I'm having a moment with my son and talking about what Kevin's choices were, how could we improve on what he did? Yeah. Um, and clearly this is a Hollywood representation of family. So I hope you know that your mom and dad are going to give you your fair shake of being able to come to us with a problem that maybe your younger brother did against you. True. Because um, I want to hear you fairly, but I'm going to be probably more apt to listen if you're not yelling and calling me names. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really, really good moment to have with him. And he was so honest about it. He was really frustrated for Kevin. I was like, okay, but so are we moving on? Well, yeah. It, and I'll just say that it it doesn't matter what happens. It's it's about our, our behavior afterwards. Yeah. We're, not even our feelings. Can't control our, anybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Only you. Yeah, that's exactly right. So then we move forward. You want to get to the defense part first, or do you want to get to the, the church scene first? I want to get to the church scene because okay. there's that moment that you shared at the very beginning about the gossip Mm-hmm. neighbor guy and his neighbor the neighbor's name what was his name old man old man marley marley and uh kevin is is knowing he's something is coming with harry and marv that will show up at his house right so before he sets up the traps he he goes to the church mm-hmm. and he's sitting there enjoying just the beautiful i think it was a holy night playing yeah and then he sees old man marley mm-hmm. yes it's kevin nods His eyes are so big right now. He's like, why is this guy sitting next to me? He's going to kill me. That's right my here. granddaughter up there. The little red-haired girl. She's about your age. You know her? 
And just a simple conversation. Yeah. And then they have this incredible talk about healing and and reaching out to relationships that you you don't want to never talk to these people again. You know, the, the neighbor is having trouble relationship with his son. Yeah. I said things that I can't take back. He doesn't want to talk to me. Well, how do you know? You should try again. They have this really sweet, profound conversation. This 10-year-old mm. is on the ball when he's talking to this guy. Oh, he encouraged old man Marley more than old man Marley did him. But but old man Marley, um, what Kevin was able to see is to, to not judge a book by his cover. Exactly. What's fascinating is that when he has these, the both of them, when they have these aha moments, if you will, aha moments, mm-hmm. it's in a church. Now, yeah, some people be like, all right, you're stretching this a little bit. This is a Hollywood moment. Oh, Holy Night is playing. But if you want to go deeper, what happens? How in the world do we get to a place of understanding and knowledge and truth? It is only going to be in the presence of truth. Mm. Yeah. And, and God is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said that that's what he is. And there's also a moment earlier in this where Kevin is running from Marvin Harry, the burglars. Yeah. Um, they're following him, I think, in a van. And he sees the nativity set right in front of the church. It's one of those, like, people-sized nativities. And he quick hides in there. And so where does he take sanctuary? He takes sanctuary in the setting, in the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, there's just these little hints of sweetness. And you can go as deep with that or as be like, okay, well, they're just having fun with the Hollywood script. Sure, sure. But if you, you want to look for Jesus in movies and moments? Go for it. You could preach a sermon on that. And Marv and Harry, here's the thing. Kevin had relationships that were clearly needing repair. And if we look at our, our relationships in the body of Christ— and if we're honest, a lot of them could use repair and healing. Yeah. In fact, it may get to a place where we're even spouting off the words that Kevin was saying to his mom. I wish I was out of here. I don't want to be a part of this anymore because of what you have done. You don't see my way. Don't you understand? I mean, there is division all over the place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In the way we interpret scripture and, and we, we've stopped keeping the main thing, the main thing, who is Jesus and looking to Jesus. And we start saying, well, my corner of truth is is better than your idea of it. And then we stop. We lose sight of what's mm-hmm. important. And so what happens is, is division and people will leave or they want to just be separate and alone and so I'm looking at this house, this literal house that apparently is in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, Kevin is now home alone. That was his desire. He wanted to be alone and separate. The relationships don't want to be a part of that anymore. And he explores that for a little bit. And what happens is that the enemy comes around. Yeah, true. So true. when you're not surrounded by, and this is so important because the Bible emphasizes over and over again, from the very beginning, God says it's not good for man to be alone, right? Well, we even see in, in the church, it's our Christian brothers and sisters that are going to sharpen us, that are going to encourage us, keep on the path. Here's Timothy. He's working hard in Ephesus, but he's challenged from every angle. You would think, well, somebody's already said yes to Jesus is good. No, he needed encouragement from a mentor like Paul. Mm. Keep at it, brother. Keep at it. You are going to face trials. You are going to face tribulation. It's a thing. But you know what? It's not about what happens temporarily on this planet. It's about eternal value. And so keep going for it, Timothy. Keep going for it. So the point being is we lose sight of what 
is real. And when we allow ourselves to, to become isolated and move apart from what's real, then we have now opened the door for an opportunity for the enemy to come prowling. And can I say my first thought when you said that it was it was really good, um, but my first thought was somebody who doesn't go to church. Okay. Okay. You know, you, you you isolate yourself. You don't surround yourself with people that maybe you move to a new town. You decide not to get involved in church or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think more prevalent are is people that are in church, and when checked in with, how's it going? Good. Good. Mm. And you're fighting a battle at home. Mm. You're fighting a temptation. You're going through pain. Your family has hurt you. You just got broken up with. Somebody's cheating on you. I mean, anything. And you tell the person at church, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's isolating yourself. Yeah. And I've done it. You know, even my wife last night, this was physical pain, but um, she uh, just had surgery recently and her arm started hurting last night. That was what, that was, she had the surgery on her arm. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting here at, at small group and, and I'm like, you good to go? Yeah. And then people come in. They're like, how are you feeling since the surgery? Good, good. And then and then she actually has the goal to, to before we really get started with the lesson, guys, I have to go. I'm in a lot of pain and I'm really good at faking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And so we leave. And, and that was physical pain. But but how often have we sat there with emotional and spiritual pain yeah. during a whole sermon, during a whole Sunday school, and not said a word? That's a really good point. Uh, a lot. Probably more times than we'd like to admit. But what happens sometimes when we do open up and are vulnerable? And make sure that the audience that you're sharing things with is somebody that's trustworthy. Yeah. Because, yeah, there are going to yeah. be acquaintances that you make in church that may seem lovely and they may not be the... It goes the, back to the gossip. <laughs> yeah. They may not be the trust trusted place that you're looking for. But, yeah. you know, Kevin, his family, they, I mean, your family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a mother and a father who clearly are providing for you. You have a bedroom. You have things that you need. <laughs> this is a loving family situation, even though you're going through hard times. and And the struggle is real, don't get me wrong. But when you... When you cut yourself off from other people because of frustration, instead of reaching out and trying to heal and, and mend bridges, um, you know, that the enemy is looking for any foothold he can find. And so that's when Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern or other not wise known as Marvin Harry, yep. the enemy, comes lurking. Oh, you know why? Because it's vulnerable. The house is vulnerable. They're away. Yeah. Except for this little kid. And so uh, I love that <laughs> Kevin does something where he defends his home. He's not on the offense, per se, even though if you watch the movie, you're like, come on. Yeah, well, first of all, here you go. This is my house. I have to defend it. And then the best montage ever uh, in <laughs> cinematic history, he goes and sets all the traps. And that's where I would playfully say, uh, he's not on the offense? Are you kidding me? <laughs> These right. traps are horrendous. But they're the ones who keep coming. That's true. They could have left. Even after they he looks like left. a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> He still keeps coming, right? Why do you look like a chicken? Why you look Where, at, where's your shoes? When they put that spider on Daniel Stern's face, I'd be out. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. No, the they, tarantula. They continued on. Done. Yeah. But they kept coming. And so at that point, yeah, no, he was on the defense. And it's interesting because scripture tells us that the battle has been won by God. And it doesn't mean that we're not still in spiritual warfare. He's already won, but they keep fighting because they want to take down as many people as they can. Yeah. I'm talking about the enemy right now. And God gives us what is 
deems spiritual armor in the book of Ephesians, you can read about our armor, which kind of sounds like an outdated term. So we've shared in a podcast form. We like we made it Avenger style, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. pull out your Hulk hammer. Like that's Thor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thor's but, hammer. Yes. Yeah. You got your Hulk smash. You got your Thor hammer. You got all this stuff, whatever it is, your, your Captain America shield of faith. But uh, however you need to make it look to where these are not weapons of pursuit these are defensive mm. type pieces of armor. There is a helmet of salvation. This is something that shields your thinking. Mm. And because you are saved by God, be thinking about pure thoughts. You know, if you kind of break it down, you're like, oh, that does make sense. The only offense weapon is God's word. It's not even my word. It's mine through Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's God's word, the sword of the spirit. So... I think that's really something fun that you can talk about with your kids, too. It's like, you know, it's really interesting. The world promotes getting out there first. You strike first. In this situation, they didn't have to come in through that door. But they did, and they dealt with what was waiting for them. Yeah, so kind of patiently <laughs> patiently waiting, but... Um, Honestly, I see a lot of it in uh, karate or any sort of self-defense. Mm-hmm. You you know, what they teach in that, as far as I know, is uh, the wise thing to do is to walk on the other side of the street mm-hmm. or not That's go to a place where belligerent junk people yeah. are or what I mean, to to be patient and low key and meek and only when it comes at you mm. are you then that you've seen those knockouts before of the the guy that you just one chop to that <laughs> nerve on somebody's <laughs> neck and they're out you know you'll be ready for it and they're ready for it but in te- kevin's case i mean he, he used physical force but in god's case he's like you need to use what works mm-hmm. which is what i say yeah it's my word yeah and so scripture I mean, that's what Jesus did when he was confronted by the enemy and, and tempted by him after 40 days. Of he going didn't say food. how he felt at all, did he? He just used God's word. Yeah. And that's it. And and you got to lean on that because if you say what, what you feel, that well, that's what Kevin did and got him left behind, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's true. He said what he was feeling in the moment instead of choosing what you just said to be meek, to walk on the other side of the road after Buzz eats your cheese pizza to right. be able to go, <laughs> let me breathe, count myself down here so I'm not angry. And of course, after it's all over, the what beautifully took place in the church in redemption of this man in terms of what Kevin thought he knew about old man Marley. And now he's not that old man who's slaying people with his snow shovel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, a really cool guy. Um, he has this incredible encounter and this conversation and it's healing for this older gentleman and it's reciprocated through how he helps Kevin in the end of the story. Yep. And you just see how it's like how God works it all together for good. True. Yeah. You you really do there. And then when his family walks in, let's see if this is the right part of the song. And so, not quite. Hold on, let me get a little further. Oh, the, the, the sweet the one where you want to cry. Emotion where where mom walks in. There it's on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. And everything is great. And then the family shows up unexpectedly. Yeah. And I love the fact that it ends that way, obviously, and the heavy snow and all that. Um, but I love the fact that they did Home Alone 2 <laughs> and that the problems with Buzz and everything else reoccurs because that's family. Yeah. That's real life. And we look at the end of these movies and we see, oh, you know, we'll get over our hurdle and then we'll have a happily ever after. Yeah. There's no happily ever after for, for no. all time in this life. It's only in the next life. You got problems. You got life. Um, I mean, I, 
I also, I love the moments leading up to this mother and son hug mm-hmm. and embrace because she's traveled with this polka band. Yeah, you that's know, right. To that's to get right. there and she's done everything she can. Life is not, it's a journey. It's yeah. not easy to get from point A to point B to do the right thing by your children, by yourself. But. And so the expectation mm-hmm. that you'll have a great day one day, maybe a great Christmas this year, yeah. and New Year's might be hard, or next Christmas might be hard, or you just have a toddler and every other hour is hard. You got to hold it loosely, because even after Kevin is reunited with his family, like you said in Home Alone 2, you, you revisit the same problems with Buzz, but at the very end of the movie, it's revisited. Yeah. Because, Kevin, what did you do to my room? Yeah. <laughs> it's the that's last ex- line of the movie. That's exactly right. And you know something's going to go down after that. Oh, uh, it's so good. All right, so we've had a lot of fun. We'll get to uh, Elf next week. Yep. Uh, we're going to do the Polar Express as well. I do want to share um, something that happened in, in my life was I got home uh, yesterday and I, you know, you always expect maybe some unexpected things like under the tree at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was not quite under the tree, but it almost gotten there. Water leaking from the laundry room. <gasps> you uh, pipe burst? Well, I was really concerned about that. It was a lot of water. And I'm like, Kelsey, Kelsey, oh, no. where's my wife? And she was there because I'm so I'm like, what's going on? I thought she knew. She turns the corner. She didn't know. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And she goes in the laundry room and we think it's going to be the washer. She comes back out with a sheepish look on her face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened? Um, don't be mad. I okay, I can't control that necessarily. Well, what happened? We just talked about that in the podcast. I can't control the feeling. <laughs> okay, I can control the behavior. <laughs> and I go, what happened? And she goes, I was soaking something, and I plugged the sink in the laundry room and and turned on the faucet, and then she forgot. Forgot. She forgot that and it was I running. I said, how long? She said, thirty minutes. Oh my god. And I go, what are we, the wet bandits now? <laughs> It's our calling card. You're going to plug sinks and then turn on the water and leave? She was just giving you fodder for the podcast. That's exactly right. She's doing her part as a wife. (laughs) 